the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. And there was nothing made that Jesus didn't make. And Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is God, mighty God, Son of God, God the Son, right? We are Trinitarian. We believe in the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Here it is. And the Word became flesh. Jesus took human form. That child in the manger, that is the incarnation. God incarnate. I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every dragon will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past you've broken into All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is impossible with you Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby. Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. What an amazing blessing it is for us that you have joined us today for the program. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, we are celebrating the most wonderful time of the year, as Pastor Keith brings us a series of Christmas messages. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the book of Isaiah Chapter 9. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. The angel of the Lord, that speaks of God in a physical body. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why do you ask my name? Seeing it is wonderful. Seeing it is incomprehensible. This is what they call a Christophany, what Bible scholars refer to as a Christophany, an appearance of the pre-incarnate Christ in the Old Testament. And shortly after this discussion, this angel reveals himself to be more than a man. And Manoah, seeing him, he and his wife fall down. They're terrified, as you often read in the Bible when people stand before God. And Manoah says to his wife, we're going to die Surely we're going to die because we have seen God face to face. And his wife, Manoah must have married up like I did, his wife says to him, look, if we were going to die, we'd be dead already. And so wonderful is his name, wonderful, incomprehensible. The child would be called incomprehensible. How so? Well, one commentator noted that when you look at Jesus' earthly public ministry, there are four aspects of it, five aspects of it, that really demonstrate his, if I can make up a new word, wonderfulness, incomprehensibleness, 
Now, first, as Jesus demonstrated his wonderfulness in various ways on earth, beginning with his virgin birth, his, his conception in the womb of a virgin. We talk about that in Matthew 1.23. Second, he showed his wonderful, that he was the wonderful one through his power to heal. We've talked about that before in John 9 when he healed the man born blind, the man blind from birth. He also showed he was, he, his wonderfulness in his amazing teaching, you know, in Mark 1.22, and also in the Sermon on the Mount, it says that the people were astonished at his teaching because he taught as one uh, with unique authority. Of course, the, a fourth wonderful aspect of his life was his perfect life. In Hebrews 4.15 and Hebrews 7 and 10, we're reminded that he paid the once and for all sacrifice, that he paid for sin once and for all, that we need never do any, we can't do anything to atone for our sin. All of our sin has already been atoned for, so there's no need for further sacrifice. And then fifthly, he showed his wonderfulness through his resurrection from the dead. We're all familiar with that. We celebrate that on Resurrection Sunday, which some call Easter Sunday. Wonderful, incomprehensible. Manoah could have never grasped who it was that stood before him and what was yet to come. Which brings us to our second title, and it's all in the title. The title is Give Away His Identity, Give Away His Nature, Give Away His Deity. The second word is Counselor. Counselor speaks to his ability to convey matchless wisdom. From age 12, when he astonished the teachers, the rabbis in the temple, when he asked them and answered their questions, to the Sermon on the Mount, to the Sermon on the Mount, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, the people, we learn, stood there dumbfounded, awestruck, because they had never heard anybody teach like that before because he taught as one with authority. Even when they, the uh, Sanhedrin, the rabbis, the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees sent people to arrest him in the temple, they came back empty-handed and they said to him, why didn't you arrest him? And they said, truly no man has ever spoken like that. They were astonished at his doctrine for he spoke as one with authority, not as their scribes. Which brings us to the third title, if the third title doesn't give it away, nothing will. Mighty God. Mighty God. Not to be glib, but that's a biggie. Mighty God. Who was that baby in the manger, that child born, that son given? Mighty God. Mighty God. Cults today like the Jehovah Witnesses like to say, well, wait, wait, wait. It doesn't say almighty God. But, you know, the Bible tells us not to quibble with people about words. Mighty God means mighty God. You don't have to be a Hebrew scholar or a Greek scholar to figure that out. Mighty God is God. The child is called God. The Savior, the child, the Son given unto us is called God. Now, maybe this is an isolated case. and Maybe I'm taking it out of context. Maybe I'm reading more into it than there really is. The trouble is all throughout the Bible... It says that Jesus is God. The Gospel of John, right? How many times have we studied the Gospel of John? And how many times have you heard me quote John 1, 1 through 3, and 14 as well? And let's look at that together. In the beginning was the Word. The Word is Jesus. 
And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. He is the creator. Look at that again. All things, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And then verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. And there was nothing made that Jesus didn't make. And Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is God, mighty God, Son of God, God the Son, right? We are Trinitarian. We believe in the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Here it is. And the Word became flesh. Jesus took human form. That child in the manger... That is the incarnation, God incarnate. We also read in Colossians 1, 15 and 16 the same thing. He is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him, and look at that, for him. Mighty God, creator God. He is the in the beginning God of John 1, of Genesis 1, of Colossians 1, the God who created the heavens and the earth. And as the old song goes, when Mary touched his face, did she realize that she was touching the face of God? And then you look at this and say, well, maybe, are we sure Could this be true? Could this little boy be mighty God? Look at the next title, the third title. The titles say it all. About the incarnation, the titles say it all. Title number four, Everlasting Father. It is co-located right next to mighty God. The eternal God, the everlasting Father, is not a created being. Another gloss at the word everlasting in the Hebrew, would come through as perpetual or eternal. He's eternal. He's the God who said to Moses, I am who I am. Indeed, when, if you look at John eight fifty eight, John eight fifty eight, Jesus is talking to the Jewish leaders, and he, he says, before Abraham was, I am. He's doing a play on words with the great I am, Yahweh of the Old Testament. And in verse 59, understanding exactly who Jesus was claiming to be, we read that they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. This child born to us, this son given, is God who came to earth to save us, the word who became flesh, the everlasting, unchanging father. Let's look at Isaiah 9, 6 again. Consider the titles as they pile up. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be on his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. The titles do say it all. And that's what the angels said. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For unto you is born 
for unto us is born, unto us a son is given. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That title, the Lord, is not a title that it was given to any man. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father. And fifth and finally, and this is biggie. This is a biggie too. He is the Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. The good news of great joy, which is for all people. He is the Savior born in the city of David to reconcile humanity to God, to reconcile us individually as individuals to God. He would save his people from their sins. All those who would accept him to accept his offer of forgiveness on his terms from their sins. The titles say it all. He will bring peace between God and men individually through the salvation that he brings and collectively when he returns at his second coming. His work, the work he would accomplish the first time would, to, would change everything between sinners and God, between human beings and their God. Sinners who surrender, who receive and accept his gift of forgiveness as they repent of their sin and turn toward him in faith and trust and confidence that he is who he is and he'll do for them as he promised. Prince of Peace. His is the ministry of reconciliation. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 16 through 21, I'm going to pick up in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone receives Christ, he is a new creation, The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. We share the gospel, right? Verse 21 Here's the kicker and the key for this baby in the manger. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That is what Christmas is all about. The coming of a savior who would take our place, who would go to the cross for us. This baby in a manger, this mighty God, this everlasting father, this prince of peace, would reconcile God to man through his once and for all sacrifice. It's all about the incarnation. God became man, taking the form, as it says in Philippians, of a bondservant and being found faithful, obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. To reconcile sinners to himself at great cost. Somebody once said grace, the word grace, which is what we receive, right? Grace is being treated better than you deserve. Grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. If you want to make it into an acrostic. And that's what's promised in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. You know, what we have here is his business card. We haven't met him physically yet. Some of us have encountered him as we've received salvation through grace. But the titles really say it all. A baby may have seen, seen unimpressive to somebody, but they had no idea 
what they were looking at. And believe me, he lived up to those titles. And what, what do we have here? What's the theology behind this? What is the infrastructure behind all this? For one, it's the deity of Christ. Christ is not merely the Son of God, but he is God the Son. The Savior came to earth, which brings us to another theological concept, the incarnation. God became man. Jesus lived a perfect life. He kept the law. So when he went to the cross for us, he he was the perfect sacrifice. Because we couldn't bail ourselves out of the trouble. Humanity dug a hole for itself that it could not dig itself out of. There's no way there there's no way you can pay for your sin. There's no way that you can do enough good works to offset the things that you've done. The Bible says that all fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says that the wages, the compensation, the consequences of sin is death. But his zeal, his zeal has delivered us. He has gone to the cross and paid for our sin and demonstrated his power to save through his resurrection. And the Bible talks about all of this, talks about his deliverance. Uh, Hebrews 1, 1 through 3 says this, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to us, spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. He paid the once and for all sacrifice. I know there are those who had proposed to us that we need to do good things, certain rituals, to keep ourselves in God's favor. We certainly want to honor God, but there's no other sacrifice to be made. Colossians 2.9 talks about him. For in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head and rule of all authority. Christmas, what's it all about? It's about the incarnation of Christ, he who came to seek and save that which was lost. The deity of Christ, God coming to earth to pursue mankind in a way that had not been done before. God put on flesh, incomprehensible too wonderful for for us to really wrap our minds around. It's all about this child, the identity of our Savior, the everlasting Father, the mighty God. The Jewish people at the time of Isaiah, and even now, like the whole human race, needed a miracle to save them from sin. And that miracle was provided by the zeal of the Lord of hosts, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I know you keep thinking, hey, you keep repeating this over and over. What is it with you? But here's the thing. This is a promise that was made and a promise that was kept. The good news of great joy for all people is that though our situation was dire, Though our situation was grave, though the whole human race had dug a hole for itself that it could not climb out of, the matchless love of God is greater and deeper still. That no matter your sin, no matter your situation, 
the power of God to save, the hand of God to redeem and forgive has been extended to you as the greatest gift, the greatest Christmas gift of all time. Don't casually ignore it. Don't brush it aside. Don't pretend you don't know or don't believe it. Embrace it because it is the gift that keeps on giving. Christmas, the incarnation, it's a picture of God taking on flesh and dwelling among us to reconcile us to himself and then to give us, to give every born-again Christian the ministry of reconciliation as we tell people about what God has done for us to redeem us, to save us, to make us useful for something that counts for eternity. You know, we get all kinds of Christmas gifts, don't we? And after a while, you know, they kind of lose their sheen and luster. Clothes wear out or somebody just keeps buying you the same pair of socks year after year. But Christmas, that God has reached out to you to bring you peace. That's a gift that we should never, ever take for granted, that should never grow old or grow cold for us. So what do you do with all this? Let me give you some suggestions for application, some uses for this theology, for what this passage says, for this gift. Number one, don't ever let its excitement wear off. Don't let that happen. Don't let your love and gratitude grow cold. If you've received this incomprehensible, wonderful gift, live like it, act like it, be grateful, be thankful, and let, as Jesus said, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works. They may see a difference in you and glorify your Father in heaven. Secondly, if you've received this incomprehensible, wonderful gift, Tell others. Show others. I mean, think about this. You have the words of life. It's like the rest of the world is dying of thirst and you have the living water that will change everything. Do not keep it a secret. Do not. There's a world that desperately needs to hear it. Third, this is the greatest gift ever given for all time. And if you haven't received it, receive it today. You'll have an opportunity after the service today. Or receive it now. Just surrender your will, your life to Christ, your gripes, your rights, your hurts. Turn your back on sin. Turn your back on your old way of life. Turn toward Jesus and put your faith, your confidence, your trust in him. That you as a sinner needed a savior. That he is that savior. That he died for your sin. And only he can forgive it through his resurrection power. And number four, if you've been a Christian for a long time, I'm doubling back here. Don't ever become unexcited for what you have. Look at these titles. Dwell on them. The titles say it all. Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That is who made you born again. That is who has granted you eternal life. So rejoice and be glad in that this Christmas. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for Christmas, Lord. We thank you for Advent. We thank you for the first coming of the Savior. 
to seek and to save that which was lost. And so, Father, we just commit this day to you. And, Lord, now we commit the Lord's Supper to you, communion, Lord. Uh, Prepare our hearts, prepare our minds, prepare our attitudes. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Keith Crosby on today's edition of Grace to Live. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And if you'd like more information on Pastor Keith or Hillside Church, here's how you can connect with us. Our mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California, 95136. The church office telephone line is area code 408 269 4782. And you can connect with us on our website, which is gracetoliveradio.org. There you can check out archived messages of past sermons and also listen to Pastor Keith's weekly blog. And please remember that the Grace to Live Radio program is a listener supported ministry outreach of Hillside Church if you'd like to partner with us financially. Again, all of these things are available to you on our website, gracetoliveradio.org. Also, I'd like to remind you that Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside always look forward to hearing from you. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can email us here at keith at hillside.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time for Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves. And on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you. And thanks for listening. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.